0: There is an entire generation of young people growing up with remote learning, curbside COVID tests, mRNA vaccines. So it's perhaps no surprise there's an incredible
1: interest in public health.
0: Let's reflect on the transition you're about to make from college students to college graduates. That's some tape from
1: commencement at Brown University. Where there's been a massive spike in public health degrees, especially among students of color.
0: Over at Tufts University, applications to its Masters of Public Health program have tripled.
1: Across the country, there's been a 40% increase in applications to graduate-level public health programs. That's according to the Association of Schools and Programs of Public Health. That's incredible. It really is.
0: Welcome to the Story Exchange. I'm Colleen DeBase. And I'm Sue Williams. Today, we're speaking to Dr. Rosanna Means, who has had a long and widely admired career in public health. We wanted to ask her, why work in public health? And what's it been like these
1: past two years?
2: So the, the, the pandemic was really, really scary because you know I, I'm trained as a physician and I've done a lot of public health over my, over my lifetime.
1: Rosanna is the founder of Healthcare Without Walls in Boston.
2: When I first heard about the pandemic, back in early 2020, I remember writing to my siblings and saying,
0: this is big,
2: bigger than people think. Go stock up. So I'm responsible for, uh, you know, all the toilet paper and paper towels that got, (laughs) got pulled off the shelves in March before they closed down the city.
1: What got us interested in Rosanna is her work with populations in need.
2: Healthcare Without Walls provides free walk-in acute and episodic care to women who are homeless or marginally housed. I mean, I'm getting maybe 140 over 100. So, you know, you should go back today and take your blood pressure medicine and then take it again tomorrow. We do this all because it's mission-driven and because women deserve better than what they're getting now. Not my best elevator speech, but (laughs) it's the end of a long day.
1: (laughs) Rosanna is an attending physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital. But years
0: ago, safe to say in the 1970s, when she was a student at Bennington College in Vermont, sort of an artsy hippie school.
2: I was sitting at my desk in my dorm room all by myself, no wind, no noises, very quiet. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard this voice that just said, you will be a doctor. No preamble, no... Flashing lights, no thunderbolts, no lightning. You know, it was just, that's it, that's it. And it was over, you know. And I just was so surprised because I wasn't religious, I I don't drink. And I remember thinking, okay, that's what I got to do. Wow. So
0: that was that. She left soon after to go pre-med at MIT, eventually graduating.
1: Top of my class
0: at, at Tufts.
1: She planned to become a cardiologist.
0: But then, during her residency, Rosanna really got her first
2: taste of public health. As many people know, we were involved in the Vietnam War up until 1975. And in 1975, when the United States pulled out, the Vietnamese invaded Cambodia, and that allowed a dictator named Pol Pot to come to power.
1: Pol Pot, as we know,
2: Committed you know, absolute atrocities and genocide against his own people. Here's ABC News.
1: The nation was a forced labor camp. The conditions, inhuman.
2: So thousands of Cambodians were fleeing to the Thai border, and many of them were losing their limbs to landmines that had been set along the way.
0: Rosanna heard that organizations like the International Rescue Committee were desperate for help. And she decided she couldn't just stay in Boston.
2: You didn't take in, in, in a residency at a Harvard teaching hospital and say, oh, well, I think I'll just take three months off and just you know go go to some third-world country and do some good works. Um, you, you just didn't do that, um, except that I did that, <laughs> so.
0: When Rosanna arrived in Thailand.
2: I was assigned to Kawi Dong the refugee camp on the border.
0: Her first day in the camp.
2: We arrived by truck. And I stepped out and I see there's a 12-year-old boy who is having his leg amputated with a guillotine, no anesthesia. He had stepped in a landmine and his foot had been shredded. And um, and that was my introduction to a refugee camp.
0: It was the type of thing they don't teach you in medical school. And it changed her forever.
2: And so I just I just thought, okay, I, I want to do something that's going to help people who have lost everything. That was, you know, kind of a big moment for me.
0: We'll tell you what Rosanna did next with her career after a brief break. The Story Exchange is a nonprofit media company dedicated to elevating women's voices. For more on women leaders in public health, check out our video featuring Ann Kaufman Nolan of Sun River Health.
2: I love the knowing that we're caring for so many people. It blows my mind. For our staff, for through COVID, through, uh, through ups and downs, this is a, a work of love that doesn't ever go away.
0: It's on our website at thestoryexchange.org. We've been sharing the story of Dr. Rosanna Means, who has
1: dedicated her career to helping marginalized women get the care they need.
2: Tonight we're recognizing some incredible acts of compassion.
0: That's Anderson Cooper of CNN, which named Rosanna a CNN hero back in 2011. One of the many recognitions she's
2: received. When Rosanna came back from working in the refugee camp... I was so impressed with how strong the the Cambodians were in the face of all this.
0: She decided that the prestigious cardiology fellowship that she had applied for and gotten accepted into just wasn't going to cut it.
2: I want to do something that involves social justice and, you know, something that's going to be more meaningful. And again, people just didn't give up a cardiology fellowship. I thought they were going to take my stethoscope and break it in a public ceremony.
0: <laughs> Rosanna began volunteering at homeless shelters and clinics while setting up her own primary care practice focused on women's health. She was naturally drawn to people who were falling through the health care safety net.
2: It's so stigmatizing to say that you're homeless, and so um, people suffer in silence, and they don't, and they don't get the things that they really deserve. While working as a volunteer, my training was women's health. I really wanted to help the women. Rosanna noticed something
1: unusual. Where were the homeless women?
2: The women that were experiencing homelessness were not coming into these clinics in the numbers that actually I knew that that, that were out there. She began to realize the women did not always want to be in the same waiting room as the men, and I will say up front, the majority of homeless men are men who have had a difficult life and are good people. However, they were also among those men, guys that beat up the women or raped them or held them at gunpoint or, you know, uh, made, made life so difficult for the women that they just did not want to come into the clinics.
0: In 1999, Rosanna founded Healthcare Without Walls to care for these women in women-only shelters and clinics.
2: There was a women's shelter that I was familiar with where the director let me come in once a week with my blood pressure cuff and my stethoscope and my little clipboard and just sit there like this and say, does anybody want their blood pressure taken by a doctor? And it was very slow at first.
1: A decade later... Rosanna and a team of volunteers were working at 12 shelters all over the Boston area.
2: At the very basic level, we provide walk-in medical care. Um, almost anything you would treat in a primary care office, we can do. So we're going to uh, listen to lungs. Okay, This one, when I put the stethoscope on, <coughs> just take a deep breath. in and, and breathe and through the mouth. mouth. Yeah. Okay. You got it. <laughs>
1: Her team also helps women apply for housing, food, and government benefits. And it usually takes about two or three business days for them to reply back to her, correct?
2: Yes. Gracias. I think we, people think about homeless persons as, you know, the kind of crazy person talking to themselves, or they're actively shooting up on the sidewalk, or they're sleeping, you know, on the steps somewhere. When it comes to women... stereotype is the bag ladies uh, who carry everything with them, but secretly they have a million dollars in their mattress. The
1: reality is that many women have lost jobs or been evicted. Some are going to school or juggling multiple jobs, but still can't make ends meet.
2: The other stereotype is that uh, people choose to be homeless because they don't want the responsibility. And I've I've done this for over 30 years, and I've never met a single person who I thought really wanted to be living this horrible lifestyle. Um, It's not something that people choose to do. During the worst of the
0: COVID-19 surges, dressed in full PPE, Rosanna provided
1: medical care to hundreds of homeless women whose rate of infection was 35% higher than the state average.
2: Everybody was depressed and anxious and scared. I mean, we were all depressed and anxious and scared too. Many overnight shelters fully shut down as a result of the pandemic. It also made us realize that we needed to get our own place, that we had been going into the shelters for so many years and providing services. In the summer of 2021, Rosanna
0: raised $80,000 through a Broadway themed fundraiser, and that's some of the performers you're listening to right now.
1: And she opened Healthcare Without Walls' first freestanding health clinic for homeless women in downtown Boston.
0: All of her work is supported by grants and donations.
1: Here's WCVB.
0: There are currently as many as 4,000 women in the city who are considered homeless. And on average, Dr. Means treats about half of them. She says this new clinic is a game changer when it comes to providing gap health care
2: for those that need it. We are now, in- this location is so fabulous because we're literally one block from the Boston Common. We're so accessible to the women and it's clean and it's safe and it's private. And they're, they're very, very welcome.
0: I recently caught up with Rosanna. She must be exhausted. Yeah, like a lot of healthcare professionals, she tells me she sometimes worked 80 hours a week during the pandemic. Yeah, and she's nearly 70.
2: I mean, that's retirement age.
0: Mm, yeah, for a lot of people. She's actually still at work on another baby of hers. Literally a baby.
2: So the social workers at Brigham and Women's came to me and said, well, we have a, a dilemma. We have a whole bunch of women who are pregnant and have high-risk pregnancies, but some of these women, they're literally homeless. The program she developed is called Bridges to Moms. It's for the
0: moms who have no place to go when they're discharged from the hospital with a newborn.
2: Instead of, like what, what my experience was, there's my husband waiting, there's the car seat, they put you in the car, you go home, they get in a cab, They go down to the state housing office, and they wait and wait and wait for their number to be called to see if they will be on the street that that night or are they going to be in a shelter. The goal is to
0: provide these women and their babies with the support they need, whether that's housing or transportation or food. And so far, Rosanna says it's been a big success. How much time is she spending with Bridges to Mom's? Only about 30 to 40 hours a week. Uh, She jokes it's a side hustle. Yeah, (laughs) well... When we visited Rosanna, we
1: were struck by how much energy and dedication she brings to the job.
2: You're always welcome to come. We're just friendly people and we like to help out. Very much so.
1: (laughs) How she's just so genuinely interested in each and every patient she sees. Have you ever had any heart events, like a
0: heart attack or rapid heart rate or anything? Yes. Yes. I have a little anxiety. Oh. All of which, of course, is needed for a career in public health.
2: What keeps me going is that Every interaction I have with the the women, the ladies, as I call them, there there's there's a piece of my heart that goes with each of them. You know, I carry these women with me day sorry, day after day. They they have endured much more hard hardship than I have ever endured. And yet they have an incredible amount of courage and resiliency and spirit and faith. But if I can bring one little moment of light into their life you know even for a little bit of time that's what keeps me going
0: we thank rosanna for sharing
1: her story and we thank you for listening this has been the story exchange join us next time to hear more stories about innovative and inspirational women doing
0: the things you'd never dream of or maybe you would. If you like this podcast, please share on social media or post a review wherever you listen. It helps other people find the show. And visit our website at thestoryexchange.org where you'll find news, videos, and tips for entrepreneurial women. And we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info@thestoryexchange.org or find us on Facebook. I'm Colleen DeBase. Sound editing provided by Nusha Balian. Interview recorded by Bester Cram and Matthew McLean. Production coordinator is Noel Flago. Our intern is Anusha Baya. Our mixer is Pat Donahue at String and Can. Executive producers are Sue Williams and Victoria Wong. Recorded at Cutting Room Studios in New York City.